Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. I am actually pulling in the parking lot right now. There's a person who's looking for a parking space, and they just pulled off so that I can turn in. I am parking the car, so I do appreciate your patience. Pastor Terry is en route. Um, there is a marathon that's going on today. That's what has us a little back up on the highway. But the main thing is that we're safe. We got a great topic. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about what we talked about last week, which was children and disenfranchised grief part two. So I am getting all the cars and I am walking in. So we're going to open up those phone lines right away. And just give me a moment. Bear with me. I said, walking into the studio now. You'll see me very soon. So thank you, Jesus, for getting me here safe. Zachary, thank you for your patience. I'm here, so thank all the listeners. Again, it's Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. Like I said, we're going to open up the phone lines, and if you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, you will dial 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed over KKVV's website. And that web address is www.kkvv.com. There's Pastor Terry. Hey, Pastor Terry. How are you, man of God? Yeah, I just made it. We're also being streamed from uh, Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our web address is Save the Lost. LV.org. Again, save the lost. LV.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to that website. And just look for our weekly uh, archives. It's free on our watch. Select the date that you like to listen, and we encourage you to have someone else to listen with you. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I use mine today to speak to you to let you know what's going on. We encourage you to... Uh, Take down this number, put it in your phone. You can listen to KKVV anytime on KKVV 1060 AM or KKVV 100.1 FM. 
and that cell phone number would be 605-313-0630. I say again, 605-313-0630. I strongly encourage you to put it in your phone as uh, one of your contacts. It would be one of the best contacts that you ever had. Also, if you have an Apple device, we are also archived on iTunes. Um, excuse me, iTunes. Uh, yes, iTunes. That is, if you have an Apple device, you can listen to us for free there. Again, the gospel is always free on our watch. So, Pastor Terry, good afternoon, man of God. Good afternoon, woman of God. How are you doing? Uh, every day I wake up is a, a great day. Amen. We made it, Pastor Terry. Amen. You know, Amen. I explained to the listeners, and God bless uh, Zachary, our engineer. I called him. He gave me some excellent advice. So he says that sometimes this happens. He was prepared for this. So Amen. Thank God for a saint that's always ready. Amen. He didn't have to get ready. Brother Zachary stays ready. So I salute you, man of God. That's thank what you. We need. Right. We do. We do. And uh, to uh, also encourage the listeners that things happen. Amen. And, you know, as long as we're walking with the Lord, he's got it. I agree. So we didn't have any accidents, Pastor. Uh, our city is uh, beaming. It's full of life. Uh, wonderful things that are happening. There's about to be a marathon if it hasn't already started. Uh, in addition to that, Pastor, I'd like to say um, God bless you and God bless Brother Jaron for his service, which is one of Pastor Terry's children. He served a tour in Iraq. And he also three three tours in Iraq. Right. So, well, God bless him and uh, thank him for his service. And I've got a lot of uh, messages for people to thank me for my service because I am a veteran as well. And I got a lovely text from uh, your lovely queen and uh, my first lady, Lady Desiree. So, thank you from the Terry and the Hall family. I appreciate that. Well, I want to thank you for your service, and also I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Minister. Valisa spent uh, 17 years in the Army. Oh, well, praise God. We thank uh, so, Minister Valisa as well. And, so and I didn't cool. even think, uh, when I saw her at worship, I didn't think to uh, thank her for her service, but I will. I'll send her a text and let her know it was an oversight and, on my part. And, uh, you know, I had something heavy on my heart that I really wanted to share with the listeners. Okay. One of my sons in the ministry who is a great man of God, Keith Gaucher, uh, pastoring a church um, in Glen Heights. Well, actually, he lives in Glen Heights, but uh, the location is in Waxahachie. And uh, that's just outside of the city of Dallas. And uh, they are under attack. Um, he and his wife are having difficulty, but we know the devil is busy at work. And I just wanted to plea with the listeners to go into their prayer closets, war closets, get with the prayer warriors that they know and lift up the gauchets because they're doing a mighty work there in uh, Dallas and uh, their church is a multi-ethnic, multicultural church. I mean, that was the same type of ministry that we ran when we were in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. m- me and my family. And right. uh, they were our minister... He was our minister of music, and his family was pretty much our ministry, our music ministry. And we just, you know, we love them. Um, well, why don't we pray for him right now, Pastor? Let, let's do that. Let's okay, do that. Okay, please. Can I hold your hand? Oh, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. I'm Father, ready. we thank you. We praise you for 
the opportunity to just come before you and intercess for this family. I mean, you know them. You made them. Yes, you know all about them. You know them better than they know themselves, and you know them better certainly than any of us can know them. We want to lift them up right now in the name, name of, of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. We know that the devil is a liar. He is the author of lies, mm-hmm. and uh, we know that he's busy at work. That's what he does is he stays busy wreaking havoc in the lives of believers. And, Lord, he's attacked this family, and we're lifting them up right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we intercede for them. We'll pray the prayer of protection, and we'll pray the prayer of warfare. We're going to gird up our loins with the belt of truth, shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, take up the shield of faith, the shield us from the fire darts of the wicked, and the sword of the Spirit, which is your word, our weapon in defense against the schemes, the tricks, the attacks, and the deception of the devil and his demons. Father, we hold the Gaucher family up before you in the name of Jesus, and we pray no weapon formed against them will prosper. We realize that you are in total and complete control of everything, and often you will permit things to happen in our lives, but it's only to build godly character and strengthen us, and there may be somebody witnessing what's taking place, and they might be encouraged by how we respond. Lord, I'm praying right now for victory in the name name of of Jesus. Jesus. We decree and declare that the devil will not win this battle, and that the Gauchets, Father, will come together, and it'll just be a test that will give another testimony that will strengthen that ministry. We pray that uh, Pastor Keith would be encouraged, strengthened, continue ministering, and Father, that he might be ministered to by someone local there in that area so that they might be encouraged and they might be lifted up and supported by those around them. We thank you and we praise you for what you've already done, for what you're doing even as we pray and yes, for Lord. all you are about to do. Yes, it's Lord. in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. So we thank him, Lord, because it's already done. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord, because it's Amen. already done. Amen. That was a wonderful prayer, Pastor, and you let uh, Pastor Keith and his lovely family know that uh, we're here. We're amen, amen. <clears throat> so, Pastor, uh, we're going to continue uh, part two uh, of children and disenfranchised grief, but uh, we always come with a Greek word. So we want to come with the Greek word, and the Greek word is ahuho, ahuho, and it's spelled uh, A-K-O-U-O. And what it means, Pastor, is to hear, listen. Amen. And it comes out of Strong's uh, 191. Amen. Amen. So I think it's important that we hear, that we listen, especially in a season called now. I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. No, I know. All right. Akuo. Okay. So we have that. So that's our Greek word. So uh, we're going to get back into um, uh, children and disenfranchised Greek. So for if you uh, were with us last week, you know where we're talking about. If you weren't with us last week, then again, we encourage you to go to the uh, website. Uh, we have last week's broadcast up there, and it's free and catch up. But we're just going to uh, briefly uh, go over what disenfranchised uh, grief is. Everybody knows what a child is or what who children are. I don't think we need to uh, go over that, do we, Pastor? 
No, no, and, and and we realize this as well that when we talk about children, we're not always talking about young, you know, mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. that may be uh, school or elementary level or whatever. Because mm-hmm. all of us who have had children, even when they are adults, they're still our children. But I understand that it's probably more associated with younger children mm-hmm. because of the developmental uh, stages of life and what you incur as a, a young person often will be the pattern by which you live your life. And right. so when you've been devastated, then that causes problems that you carry unless you receive some type of counsel or somebody's addressing those issues, it can go on into the adulthood and could actually affect your children when you have children. So, right. Yeah. So the, the thing is, is that um, disenfranchised grief, pastor, is grief uh, that uh, is lost. Well, grief is the emotional, eternal response to loss. Mm-hmm. So when a person is not able to express that, then it becomes disenfranchised because it's not socially accepted. It's been stigmatized. Right, right. And in addition to that, the griever is not recognized as a griever. Case in point, uh, children uh, of divorce. Right. Uh, there's not uh, a formal mourning period or a formal acknowledgement that uh, there's been a loss. As if you have with a body. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, loss does not exp- have a body. Uh, there are people, uh, you talked about uh, your foster son, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And he uh, left your home and was eventually adopted. But, you know, that was a, a, a loss for you. Oh, absolutely. A loss for the family. But you, uh, you know, articulated it beautifully last week. Also, suicide. Uh, uh, drug addiction or a drug overdose. We talked about, you know, we shared that in common. We right. lost the siblings, you know, both to, to that. And, right. you know, my, mine was my older brother. So, you know, when you have an older brother over, over sibling, older sibling, uh, they mean a lot to you. And the thing is, is I was just really beginning to develop the relationship between me and my younger brother when mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. because we had been estranged mm-hmm. for a period of time mm-hmm. but he wanted you know to uh, bring that relationship back together mm-hmm. and so did I and we were right in the midst of that mm-hmm. and then the next thing I know I'm getting a call mm-hmm. that he has uh, passed away and um, yeah it was pretty traumatic for me. You know, so it's grief that a person experiences when they incur a loss that is not or cannot be openly acknowledged, socially sanctioned, or publicly mourned. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what it is. And we uh, have grown, a lot of us, but a lot of us, Pastor, you know, spiritually uh, have been uh, still in that spot. Still in that place, we 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 haven't reconciled it. We we can't acknowledge it. We don't even realize that it keeps showing up in our life. Amen. So I I think it's very important. And we talked about people not talking to children, talking over children, mm-hmm. talking around children, as a a, church, a child is a, a third uh, party to a situation, 
and nobody's coming up to the child and talking to the child and saying, hey, what's wrong? You know, I have dear friends that uh, it's just like yesterday that their parents got divorced. It, it hurted them tremendously. It crushed them tremendously. You know what I mean? Because uh, they uh, felt as though, uh, well, what parent do I choose? You know, what parent do I love? And sometimes uh, parents don't realize that when you're talking about the other parent, and especially when you say, well, you're at just like your father or you're just like your mother or you look like them or you act like them. And, you know, there's this, uh, you know, disdain, you know what I mean? There's this face that they make, you know, of great disappointment or, or anger uh, that really uh, – scares a child that traumatizes a child mm -hmm. because a child says well you know i don't want to make mom mad or i don't want to make dad right, mad right. so i can't express you know how uh, i really love them or care about them because you know i get this uh, abandonment or this rejection from the parent depending on you know which one it is about the other parent so i mean children can't cut themselves in half there's another aspect to this that i uh, think about and that are uh, that aspect is uh, the children that are uh, in a situation where the parents are at odds, and there are siblings outside of that union. Wow! And one of them die, and this, and 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 a child or children find out not until they have lost a sibling that was outside of the union and they knew nothing about them mm -hmm. uh, until the death occurred. And now they learned that they had a brother, they had a sister, but that person is now deceased and they never had the opportunity to get to know them or establish a relationship with them because it was secret. You know, it was right, outside right. of that union. And, and I think about situations like that. I have, uh, Two or, sisters. Or, blend, or blended families. Right. You know, because um, sometimes uh, a parent will marry real fast. Yeah. After a divorce or after a death. And, you know, there's not a lot of time for, you know, children to try to figure out where they are in it. You know, parents move on. But children, you know, they don't. They, you know what they're told, Pastor? You know, just to be honest. If you've been a small child, and let's just say um, your your toy got broken or it came up missing, and it's your favorite toy, you love that toy. You know what they say? Oh, we'll get you another one. Right. Uh, you know, your balloon. I don't know if you've ever played with a balloon or a kite and you released it. You know, you wasn't paying attention. And it just, you just learn how to fly a kite. You know what I mean? You're just getting into it. Well, that happened to me several times. And it's devastating, yeah. you know. And they're like, oh, that's nothing. We'll get you another one. And you're just sitting there just like. You know, coming undone. <laughs> and so, guess what? We'll get you another one. Oh, it's nothing. It, it doesn't matter. Pastor, do you know? Then children just figure, you know, eventually, well, if I cry loud enough, I'll just get another. I'll just get another. So they really can't make that, you know, connection when uh, you keep telling them it's okay. It's all right. You know what I mean? And say, well, why, you know, instead of saying, well, why did you really love that? Because then they think that people can re be replaced that mm -hmm, easy. Mm -hmm. We got to be careful. The models that we set up, man of God, are you following me here? Yes. I wanted to share this with the listening audience because I had two sisters that I didn't find out about until I was 21 years old. And I was several years older than the oldest. And uh, I haven't seen them now 
in maybe 35 years. Mm-hmm. They weren't carrying my father's last name because their mother was married to somebody else when she birthed those children. Okay. And so it was a secret. And when you talked about this, when you brought this topic up last week, I thought about that. Okay. You know, that that was something that it really didn't hit me till later, you know, exactly what had transpired and now I really don't know where they are and I would love to somehow if they're still alive make some kind of contact with them but I can understand you know the reasoning for this topic Mm -hmm. based on my own personal experience well you know I, I want people to get their healing I want people to see it. I want people to be able, you know, to acknowledge it. Uh, We've had another mass shooting. Looks like every week. That happened in Thousand Oaks. We had another mass shooting. So I I thought about uh, the veteran, the young man who did the shooting and ended up killing himself. Mm -hmm. And I think Everybody there has parents. And a lot of those children uh, may have siblings. And you have one side uh, that's uh, talking about the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have another side that says, hey, you know what? Get rid of them. We need to have, you know, uh, (laughs) stricter gun laws. Gun laws and, and, uh, how do we get guns out of people's hands that have uh, a mental, you know, issue? So, but pastor, that's going to be a fight that's going to be going on for a long time. Yes, it will. What do they all have in common? Loss. Right. And pain, suffering, and also they have to go on. They have to find a way to go on Mm -hmm. because they're here. So I I think we really need to be able to see that as men and women of God, as those who do the work of the Lord, that there's a lot that we have in common. One of the victims there. And the thing is, is that we need to get to that, that we have so much in common, because I believe a solution will happen out of that. Pastor, that's what's beautiful about our Lord Jesus Christ. Resurrection. But guess what? The, the people that were on either side of the cross with him. And they had done wrong. And he understood that. They understood that. But there was still a place for them at the table, man of God. I don't know any other religion. I don't know any other faith. I don't know any other way that we cannot see that he is the answer. Mm-hmm. Because he has room at the cross for anybody, whatever your condition is. He doesn't exclude anybody. He includes everybody. And pastor, we're going to have to do a better job of that. Because loss is real. Grief is organic. Uh, People want to medicate it away. People want to uh, push it down. They want to box it. Uh, They want to sell all types of remedies for it. But it is something that comes up 
very quickly in the Word of God. Adam and Eve, I would believe that when they got kicked out of the garden, as soon as they disappointed God before they even were expelled out of the garden, there was some grief coming on them, very heavy. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) we see it in their son. We talked about Cain and Abel, right? Mm -hmm. Last week, we saw it in Cain. He was so grieved that he was going to have to be out of the presence of God. That, he said, was too great of a punishment for him to bear. Pastor, we have to look at what it is that is showing up collectively, and we need to be able to address it. One of the things I want to point out about that shooting, one of the victims was actually in attendance at the shooting that occurred here. Uh, the, that uh, concert 90, where uh, the, uh, Route 91. Route 91. It happened on October 1st, right? He survived know. that one, but happened to go down in this one. If anybody want to know how serious it is, make sure that you have your business straight with God. Amen. Don't put off the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your master, your Lord, and most of all your savior, because you don't know what day is going to be your day. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed unto man once to die, then cometh the judgment. We all have an appointment with death, and we don't know when it is. We must be prepared to meet our maker. Pastor, I want to look at some scripture. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. We're going to go to 2 Samuel, and we're going to look at uh, chapter 13. We're going to look at uh, some of David's children. And uh, we're going to deal with lustful desires here. We're, we're going to deal with a rape here. And we're going to deal with uh, a rejection, and we're going to deal with some half-siblings. Mm-hmm. They have the same father, but different mothers. Okay. So, Pastor, uh, why don't you start uh, in verse 1, and I think, uh, we're, again, we're Second Samuel chapter 13. Uh, we'll just go down, and as the Spirit leads you, uh, you'll know when to stop, and then I'm going to need you to talk about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm reading from the New King James Version, 2 Samuel 13 and verse 1. After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amon, Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. Verse 3. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother. Now, Jonadab was a very crafty man. Verse 4. And he said to him, Why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Will you not tell me? So, Pastor, I just want to stop you right now. So mm-hmm. we have uh, three siblings. Right. 
and we have an uncle involved. Am I understanding it correctly? Because the uncle would be David's brother. Right. So uh, am I with you right now yes. so far? Yes. Okay, so it would appear that Absalom and Tamar have the same mother. Right. And then Amnon, he has a different he's a mother. half-brother. All right, so he's the half-brother of Absalom as well as Tamar. Right. And he has an unnatural lust for his half-sister. Right. So much to the point where his uncle is noticing that he's losing weight. Right. So he has an obsession. Would you agree? Right. Okay. So I just want to make sure that I'm setting this up correctly and I'm interpreting it correctly. So uh, you want to keep going, Pastor? So Amnon said to him, I love Tabor, my my brother Absalom's sister. Verse 5. So Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight, that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Verse 6. Then Amnon laid down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight that I may eat from her hand. Now we got a caregiver issue right here because the uncle is the person that has spiritual authority. Amen. And he's also a caregiver because he is supposed to godly instruct his nieces, and his nephew. Amen. And he's also the king's brother. And we know that the king has a heart for God. So we know that the king spends a lot of time in the word and doing what God has called him to do. He he, he has the heart of a servant. He hasn't offered any godly counsel as of yet. Right. What I'm just saying, yeah. I'm talking about the king. So his brother sees how David operates. Right. So he can't not know that David is not a godly king. Mm-hmm. But you see, when you have certain people around your children, they could be a very bad influence. Absolutely. So, and if something were to happen to David, hypothetically, a uncle a lot of times will be a surrogate father mm-hmm. for a man's children. Right. His brother will be his surrogate father. Right. So... This this is deep, Pastor, as yeah. you would say, very deep and heavy. Yeah. Amen? So we're going to keep going? we in verse 7. And mm-hmm. David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go to your brother Amnon, Amnon's house, and prepare food for him. Verse 8. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. Then she took flour and kneaded it made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. Verse 9, And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, Have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Verse 10, Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom, that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes 
which he had made, and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. Verse 11, Now when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. Verse 12, But she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. So he already knew, I think, before he approached her, that she wasn't going to be a willing participant. So there's a difference between lust and love. Well, absolutely. But in any case, this couldn't have been right in any capacity. No. Uh, it was wrong from the very beginning. Matter yeah. of fact, he, he received really bad counsel from his uncle. Right. Uh, when he should have received godly counsel. But see, see with, with going back to children, you can't have everything that you want. Right. And the uncle never said why it was inappropriate for him to even have those type of feelings with his sister. Then he could have talked to his brother and right. said, you know, something is going on with your kids you may not be aware of. Well, we know that this kind of thing has happened uh, over generations. Well, that's why God. Generation after generation. That's, that's why God has it in here. So that, you know, we as believers and we as brothers and sisters of Christ and those that do the work of the Lord can understand that this happens and we need to be aware of it. And we have to see that there's uh, going to be consequences for commission and omission. So if you want to keep, uh, you know, reading here just so that we can see how Absalom comes into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's pick up then. In verse 13. Mm-hmm. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. So, speak to our father. Amen. He'll make it clear mm-hmm. if it's permissible that you can have me. Right. But she knew if he spoke to the king, I would believe that the king would discipline him for even approaching him with that type of a suggestion. But the thing is, we can see that there's an anticipated grief. She says, where could I oh, take my shame? Absolutely. She not only cares about her grief, Anticipated grief. She cares about him too because yeah, she you, said he'd be like the fool in Israel, right? You know, and absolutely. A, and a fool we know back then meant judgment. Mm-hmm. See, that's why you didn't call a person a fool in biblical times. Right. You know, here because it meant judgment. Yeah, because if you operated in folly, there were consequences. Right. So, and, and a fool always ap- operated in folly because he despised instruction. A- absolutely. And obe- you see that in Proverbs all the time. Yeah, and obedience was not what he was uh, operating from. It was always active rebellion against who? God. Absolutely. So if we can keep going here. Verse 14. However, he would not heed her voice. Mm, mm, mm. And being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. So there's the so rape, 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 her. rape right there. Okay. 
So then, let's see what happened. You want to keep going a little bit? Verse 15, then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. Verse 16, So she said to him, No indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. Mm. But he would not listen to her. So now he's violated her. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to send her away. Mm-hmm. And it just shows the type of perverted mindset, perverted character, and uh, the heart problem. Right, right, right. Uh, yes, uh, um, contaminated. Right. Um, it's really hard to find words to describe it, mm-hmm. but the, his heart is corrupt. And his, and his uncle did not help it at all and knew that that was not natural. Yeah. And so we talked about last week how important it is to teach your children the word of God. This is, should be a lesson that young people know. This should not be something that they don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, they would be so much better equipped to deal with certain situations when they come up, Pastor. Because they would be able to know this and say, look, you know what? I could take you to the word of God. And like it was going on back then. Yes, it was going on back then. You know, just like Cain and Abel. These stories uh, are, they go right to the heart of the uh, of the matter, Pastor. They're not sugar-coated. And God didn't intend for them to be sugar-coated. He intended for us to get the lesson. This and has to, to and, devastate and, a parent. Amen. When a parent discovers that this incest has occurred in their family amongst their children it 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 has to destroy them i mean how i mean you know i raised two girls i did everything i could to protect them and i know there were times when i wasn't there Mm -hmm. you know to do that but if i had knowledge of anybody you know uh, violating them, there would have been hell to pay. Well, Pastor, there's room at the cross for everybody. Absolutely. So, you know, the thing is, is that... Uh, but there's also consequences a- for a- your actions. Amen. Well, this is part of the consequence for David not right. doing what God had called him right. to do. And he said, the sword will always be in your house. Yes. yes. Okay, but I'm not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But there's there's consequences for what you did with Uriah. These are part of the consequences. But I'm not killing you. You understand? So, you know, the thing is, is that. And some of the things that occur, you might wish you were dead. Amen. Because it's so painful. But choices have consequences. Absolutely. But we're looking at that grief for children is real. Yes. Loss for children is real. Right. This young woman's shame was just unbearable. Just even the mere thought of it. She did everything that she could to stop her brother. 
She did everything that she could. What possibly more could she have done? She pleaded with him. Mm-hmm. She said, let's go to our father. You don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Right. Don't reject me after you've done it. You know, don't send me out there. It's worse for me if you send me she out there. She pointed out how vile it was. Right. And, yeah. you know, she said, by sending me out there, you know, it's worse than what you just did. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have to look at it. So, uh, you know, when we look at verse 17, then he called his servant who attended him and said, Here, put this woman out away from me and mm-hmm. bolt the door behind her. 18. Now she has on a robe of many colors for the king's virgin daughters wore such apparel. And his servant put her out and bolted the door behind her. 19. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. 20. And Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. 21. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. 22. And Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Mm -hmm. See, the thing is, David knew about it instantly. Remember we talked about morning clothes Mm -hmm. last week? Mm -hmm. And he knew by her clothes being torn that what had happened. And now Absalom and, and knew exactly who is did. grieving. Right. So I'm just saying, look at this that's going on. Right, right. And the father is angry. That's yes. all they said. He was angry and didn't do anything right then and there. So, you know, in order, you know, for things happen to children, brothers and sisters do things to children and to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the way the parent reacts or not reacts is what's going to help this child in their grief. Because when you have a person who acts like nothing happened, that's devastating. Yes. And he told her, he said, hold your peace, my sister. Don't take this thing to heart. Because he was going to intercede on her behalf. He believed her. He didn't question her. So, you know, it's important, Pastor, that we see everybody's role in this. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I don't know what more Tamar could have done. I know Amnon could have done something for sure. But, you know, Jonadab, I don't know, Pastor. He's just somebody that is just, mm, mm, mm. we got to be very, very careful who is influencing our children. Amen. Amen. And I don't care if it's a blood relative or not. A lot of people say, oh, well, it's a blood relative. They wouldn't do nothing like that. No, really? I, I, I would watch my girls around anybody. It didn't matter who it was. You know, and I truly believe that anybody who had any thoughts like that would uh, be fully aware of the possibilities of what could happen to them. Well, Pastor, it was obvious that uh, he was lusting for his sister. This wasn't something that he was doing in secret. He had uh, he was very overt with it because the uncle picked up on it right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to constantly talk to our children, constantly be in communication with them and find out, you know, what's going on with them. 
And when their behavior changes or when we notice something, you know, either they're uh, being very extroverted or extra introverted and that's not how they normally are, those are signs. Mm -hmm. And we need to be mindful of that. You know, this is a, a cautionary tale. It's happened, but for those that it's happened to already, Pastor, uh, they're still your children. Right. And we, we, we're we still a family. You know what I mean? And you, you, you still have to help people. We still have to counsel people. We still have to support people. Uh, circumstances will happen that are beyond our control. But they're still a family. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are we going to do about it? So I'd like us to go to Second Corinthians chapter 3 and look at verses 5 through 9. I, I think we got a solution here, Pastor. Second Corinthians chapter 3, and let's look at verses uh, 5 through 9. And if you get there, you can go ahead and start reading, and then uh, we can discuss it. Second Corinthians 3, again, I'm reading from the New King James Version, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Verse 7, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation and had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Verse 10, for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. Verse 11, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Verse 12, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Verse 15, But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. 16, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory 
just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What now, about that? That was Second um, Corinthians chapter three in its entirety. Right. Amen. Well, isn't that something, Pastor? So here we have, you know, the law, and we were reading in Second uh, Samuel. So the law was what they had, right? But now we go into the new covenant, and the law has been written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from stone to flesh. You go from the the spirit or intent. You have from death with life. We're born again. It's the resurrection. So these children, pastor, can be resurrected in Christ. They can see the error of their ways. They can be shown that. They can inhabit the spirit of Christ. And we have to inhabit the spirit of Christ. We have to show them the glory that's available to them. Because we know that where would we be without Christ being on the cross, Pastor? I could put it this way. You know, we got, we got, we got to move into the season of Christ. The law was excellent in and of itself. And we could embrace it, but we never could keep it. And so, although the law was excellent, mm-hmm. then the failure of people trying to keep it showed that as excellent as the law was, that there had to be something else that would be much better simply because none of us could keep it. So when Christ comes, Mm -hmm. he dies, Mm -hmm. he raises from the dead, Mm -hmm. he takes the law and says, this is the measuring rod, if you will. Mm -hmm. This is the standard that has to be met. Mm -hmm. You can't meet it. I can meet it for you. Amen. And then I can make you partakers Mm -hmm. of what pretty much what he's done is ratified it. Amen. In other words, if you break the law, you die. Right. And the way we understand it is that it's not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. Amen. But I've come to what reconcile you Mm -hmm. back to the Father. Amen. And the demands of the law have been subsided against you because I have ratified it. So he made it possible for us to still be holy or blameless, righteous, which is in right standing with God. And we know when Adam ate from the tree, it was no longer right standing. So that is marvelous all by itself, and of course, you know that old saying about if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Amen. God knew the only way that we could be reconciled back to Him is He had to be the one that do it because none of us qualified. Well, He said He didn't come for the righteous; He came to call the sinners to repentance. That's right. Amen. Amen. So I thank God that He He gave me this that he opportunity. Me, amen. A wretch like me. Well, Amen. Praise God. So I don't want people to throw their children away. Amen. I don't. I don't want them to, to throw these. There's opportun- repentance. There's opportunity way. And there's reconciliation. 
You know, the the thing is, is that, you know, he is the Lord of patience and comfort. Amen. He says that in Romans 15 and that we as believers, he commands us to give the same level of patience and comfort that he gave us. Amen. So that's a supernatural level. Amen. So, you know, talk to your children. You know, grief is real. Right, right. Whether it's socially acceptable or not, whether it's recognized, your children are experiencing a loss. And those who are the offenders, they need to fall on their face before Christ and they need to confess and repent. And if they don't know him as their savior, they need to receive him. So when we see these things that are happening out in the public, these shootings, anything, rapes, anything, bullying, anything. Right. Talk to your children. Sit down because they can actually be stunted. Amen. Amen. And then the grief becomes trauma, man of God. Right, right. We have a great opportunity to reconcile our children. Pastor, we're down to the last minute. Would you like to give the invitation for those who want to be with If you're listening to this program and you've never made a genuine confession for the Lord Jesus Christ, all you have to do is turn to Romans 10 and 9 in your Bible, which says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All you got to do is pray the prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I don't want to be anymore. Please come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, my Master, my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And then find a church that's teaching the word of God. Go to the pastor. Tell him you receive Lord Jesus Christ and you want to get baptized. We love you. We hope you took that seriously. Welcome to the family. Save the loss at all costs. Thank you. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKBV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.